0: Welcome to EO Audio. I'm Managing Editor Daniel Wattenberger, and today we sit down with Paul Chalmers, who's running for the at-large seat in the Pendleton City Council race. Good. So uh, we start off with uh, a little bit about your background, just uh, not necessarily related to Pendleton City Council, but you the uh, long you lived in the area. Sure. Uh, I moved from the west side in 1990. I uh, had a career opportunity to, to make that transition to Umatilla County in 1990 uh, and moved to Athena. Uh, started out as an appraiser trainee for the county for a short period of time. I actually took the certification test, which I passed, and then they said, well, you weren't qualified to take that test, so I had to take the trainee test, which I passed. Sure. And then went through the trainee program of process It lasted about seven months. Um, was in residential property for about a year, year and a half, and then they moved me up into commercial industrial appraiser, um, which I was in for about a year and a half or so. And then uh, Ted White's position, uh, he was an elected position. The county went to home rule in 1993, uh, implemented it in 1995, and so his position became an appointed position. So I was Deputy Assessor for 90, 1993 through 1995 and then was appointed Director of Assessment and Taxation in 1995 and have been in that capacity since then. So uh, I was President of the uh, Statewide Assessors Association in 2001. I will actually be the President of the Tax Collector's Association in August of this year. I'm first Vice President. So. Uh, my timing was a little poor there, jokingly, uh, only from the standpoint that uh, obviously there will be a full legislative session in, in January of 17, which you know, there will be some obligations to fulfill there um, as far as testifying and such. Um, I don't think there's a legislative session that goes by that there's not property tax related issues or collection issues. And so typically the president of those associations do, does do quite a bit of testifying and such um background is in business administration i started out in early childhood education at mount hood community college and uh, my mom who was a high school counselor talked me out of education uh says it was not very uh very rewarding for her but not financially so uh, encouraged me to look different directions so i changed majors in business administration and then a family sprouted up i did not finish that education block but uh Real life teaches you a lot of things about that. I've owned a small business since for 14 years. Um, uh, I am managing partner of another small LLC um, with four others. Um, Been very active in my local church. uh, Was volunteer of the year with United Way. What year was that? Nineteen. Ninety-two, ninety-three, I think. Surprised, I was. I, I started doing basketball officiating when I moved over here, okay. and uh, enjoyed that immensely. Uh, three, it may sound like a you know, an illness, but I kind of got my warm fuzzies doing <laughs> basketball officiating yeah. at yeah. high school Sometimes. level. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, that. Maybe gives an indication of the illness of being in the county assessor's office. <laughs> but um, I did some contracting work on the side just because I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, enjoy camping, uh, any outdoor activities. Um, got a wonderful family and uh, seven grandkids that keep me busy throughout wow. the state. Yeah, throughout the state. Yeah. Uh, most of them are on this side, one in Vernonia area, then the rest are mixed between Stanfield, uh, Athena and uh, Helix. So. And uh, married. Uh, yeah, married Gail G A I L. Don't don't make it a gale force win. Got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how many kids? Then? Five blended. Yep, and seven grandkids. What's your date of birth? Eleven ten fifty eight. Yeah. One day before me. <laughs> yeah, I'm older than I'm older than dirt. <laughs> Yeah, well, so now speaking specifically, at the this Pendleton council position, and mm-hmm. obviously you're sitting the seat right now, but what made you interested in, in stepping in this city government? Uh, I am very much an advocate of finding solutions. I'm a very much an advocate of being part of the solution process. I have always felt um, disappointed when you always work or your bulk of your time is consumed by negative-ism. Uh, and, and so my decision to, to run for the um, uh, at-large position was really stemmed from uh, I'm a solutions kind of guy. Uh, I think there's got to have some focus. And so uh, I saw it as an opportunity to make a difference maybe for the my community I'm living in. And uh, I'm very much an advocate of being proactive instead of reactive. Uh, for me personally, uh, I, th- I think there are some... Shortcomings in our economic development uh, priorities. Uh, I'm a firm believer that the Roundup Association and the Roundup Grounds is a phenomenal event on a regular basis. I'm a firm believer that the two-way basketball tournament is a phenomenal event and a f- wonderful injection of economic uh, into our backyard. But if that's the basis of our economic stance, it's flawed. And I would say that we've got to look beyond those two events, and then if you marry those two events back into an economic activity that's not wrapped around that, that's just going to be greater and a bigger impact for our community. Uh, And I and I think that that's I think some folks have this mindset that we can only embrace two events. Uh, I'm glad to see we have bicycle activity that's coming up shortly and other events that are coming into town. We need to capitalize on that. I mean, truly, uh, no differently than my interview with the board, we're three hours from Spokane, we're three hours from Boise, we're three hours from Portland. We have the capacity to be a very wonderful uh, destination point if we choose to participate in that. And I think we lose sight of the fact that, you know, anymore, uh, especially in the current worldwide realm, I think more and more people are interested in looking in their backyard for adventures rather than worldwide, just from a safety standpoint, if nothing else. So to me, that, that's an opportunity to capitalize on uh, showing what we have to offer. Um, I've, I've always been intrigued and enhanced by, for example, Leavenworth, Washington, or Sisters, Oregon. Here's a small little community that's capitalized on making it a destination location, it very intentional. Um, we have natural resources here that I think aren't being capitalized on again. I think Steve Christman does a great job for what he's doing, but I think we could look broader brush. But there's also, I think, a stigma uh, that there is has been so much negative in our community uh, whether it's by citizens-specific or subset groups or folks, uh, even to a certain extent maybe on the council. And it has to start there. In, in my personal opinion, uh, we, as elected officials, have to set the tone for what we're trying to achieve in our backyard. And so bitterness or or. Unhappiness, because we have this split between constituents and the council, for example, the gas tax situation. That was an opportunity to create an environment for a funding stream, pure and simple. As elected official, I'm a very firm believer that I'm representing my constituents. If I'm bringing a personal agenda to the table, not that you don't take personal values to the table, but if you're bringing a personal agenda, To the table then you're not there to serve my heart has been to serve Uh, it's not that you're going to be overrun by your constituents because you have to have boundaries to be healthy (laughs) but at the same token what I've learned with my career with the county is the resources that I've been provided the job functionality that I'm intended to do one is statutorily driven and morally performed and and so that's a very very important you can take that same application into city government we have statutorily required budgetary items that take place but you have to perform those in a moral environment and I'm not suggesting that the council at this point hasn't been doing that I'm just saying for my personal participation so that being said I think taking some of these injections of a fresh viewpoint we're going to have to create a level of trust with our community again. Involved in that is creating a level of transparency to say, listen, these bronzes can't be spent on potholes. It would be wonderful if we could, but those are dedicated funds. But there's a fundamental trust issue. So in in my thinking, we have to create some victories here, and we actually have. And what I'm saying victories, I'm talking about, for example, the expansion of me the expansion of Colby Plastics, the capacity for Keystone to expand and create a higher level of workforce. I'm not an advocate of big government. In fact, I'm just the opposite. Uh, I'm an advocate of a function of government that has to be in place. And again, the same message I would share as I shared with the interview process. But that's focused on public safety and public works. The rest of it, is the rest of it. And I think that's what expectations that people have from government, public safety on a local level, and public works. That's a coordinated effort that makes sense to have government facilitate. That being said, um, you know, uh, we gotta, We got we to learn to celebrate some victories here because we've been under this cloud, unfortunately, of mistrust and misgivings. And, uh, you know, when you put out initiatives or ballot measures, you're always going to create some level of division. That's just the reality of humans. you to pe- have some people agree with it, some people no. Yeah. typically 40% are going to disagree. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, because it affects their pocketbook or it affects them personally, and I understand that. So, you know, creating some level of higher sensitivity to that effect, I think, is part of the responsibility of the leadership that's been elected. I think. Part of the the low uh, crowd level that you see at city council meetings is, one, out of frustration, and, two, there's an expectation that the folks that they have elected are going to provide some level of leadership in the decision-making process. That's a, that's a given responsibility. And I'll, I'll give you a prime example. This happened back in 1990, prior to the passage of Measure 5. I had a discussion with... Then, at that time, Governor Barbara Roberts over at the donut shop across from the courthouse. And I was concerned about the passage of Measure 5 because, obviously, it dealt with property taxes. And she was there with her staff and uh, a couple other folks and another gentleman. I'll drop this name in a minute. But my discussion was, what are you going to do when this passes in the state of Oregon? And the concern that I raised was they had sent out an initiative with five options, taxing options at that point in time, for people to vote on and from my point standpoint that's what we elected you folks to do is to make some of those tough decisions and her comment was oh that's not going to pass the citizens in oregon are way too smart to ever pass measure five and then the gentleman i'm going to drop the name of senator mike thorne who was there with that group walked over because I said, I think I think you're wrong. I think it's absolutely going to pass. And about that time, a staffer moved Governor Roberts away. Senator Mike Thorne at that time came over and says, I think you're absolutely right. People are frustrated with the lack of accountability and integrity at that government level. And I find that to be somewhat the same thing in today's world at the federal level, state level, and, and you know, there's always this mindset that truly the valley dictates our policies here in Oregon. That creates its own level of frustration. So I think that blends right hand in hand with that level of trust that we have or need to create here in our local community. Elongated answer. No, perfect. Yeah, I guess kind of you touched on it a little bit. So why are you, what, what specific skill sets do you have that make you a good fit to kind of to create that level of maybe, maybe better communication, transparency that you're talking about? I think in my current capacity of director of assessment and taxation, I've yet to meet anybody that loves to pay property taxes. And, and that's ultimately not my goal is to have them like that. My goal is to help them understand the process that dictates the functionality of what our office does. And, and I'll give you, again, a prime example uh, when I first started for the county uh, 26 years ago, it was not uncommon for us to have five to seven hundred appeals a year. At that time, it was called Board of Property uh, Board of Equalization, excuse me, or BOE. Now we have what we call BOPTA, which is Board of Property Tax Appeal. It's a three-panel, no differently than Board of Equalization. This year we had 36, I think, appeals, of which we actually heard two. And the reason we heard two is because the rest of them either had stipulated agreements or signed-off agreements that had to go to the board function. But we only physically heard two appeals. Uh-huh. Compared to hundreds, Five to 700 yeah. in days gone right. by. Did you actually hear Absolutely. Absolutely. It would take us weeks. And in some cases, we actually had, I don't think we've ever had in, in, in Umatilla County, but other counties have actually set up multiple boards to hear the volume of activity. Now, am I taking credit for that? Yes and no. And the reason I say yes and no is I think because we were dealing with a real market value and an assessed value, people's taxes are primarily tied to assessed value, and so there's, there's some artificial reduction in the midst of that. But we've done a lot of due diligence to try to educate folks uh, to understand how their property tax system works. So when I get this irate or agitated individual that comes to the counter, you know, pounding the fist, saying blah, 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 blah. If they go out not necessarily agreeing with the tax bill, okay. but understands the process, then I consider that success. Okay. And uh, you, you mentioned you, you own a business and you're partnered in another business. Which, which, which Do those both operate in the city of Pendleton? No, actually the other is just a property holdings. Uh, myself and some others own a piece of property. Uh, we have an LLC that ties to that, um, and then the other business uh, that my mold business actually operates. There's no geographic boundaries. Okay. So, so is Pendleton a good place to do business? You think, or what? In what way could it become a better place to do business? Um, I think I think Pendleton has has great opportunities to provide a business of a, a good business environment. I think unfortunately uh in the midst of internet capacity for services and goods from a convenience factor a lot of folks utilize that first and foremost uh there's always that push to do back backyard whatever you want to call them uh, in in backyard purchases Uh, trust me i try to do that as much as possible um there's some instances where uh I think we have lost sight, maybe, of the customer service level, be quite candid with you. I worked for Nordstrom's for eight and a half years prior, um, prior to my career with Umatilla County. Uh, I said this even in my interview process. People understand, when I say Nordstrom's, you immediately have a response. One, you're gonna pay a premium, but you have certain expectations of what that outcome of that experience is gonna be. You're gonna be treated like royalty. And if you have a problem with the product, they're going to they're take care of it 110%. That's the expectation that I have with staff inside my office, in the assessor's office. That's been emulated with George Murdoch coming on board. That has been uh, embraced and fortified and enhanced as professional development. And I can tell you I've had a couple of experiences in Pendleton specifically where you had less than Uh, customer service and that's unfortunate now does that mean i'm not going to do business there absolutely not because who knows that person may have been having a bad day Um, but i think there's a there's a there's a less emphasis placed now there's businesses in town i can tell you i experience a nordstrom's experience when i go into that store Uh, for example a hardware store on main street they bend over backwards to try to find what you're looking for, and then they're open to the public in the hours that people, public, need stuff, need help. And there's multiple businesses. I'm just saying I've had a couple of occasions where, unfortunately, you have less than that, and that kind of leaves a little bit of a nasty taste in your mouth. So, again, that's, not, that's very limited. That has been very limited. I think, uh, as you'll talk to the demographics of, around our, our area, You have many bedroom communities, Adams, even Athena Weston, that offer that small town mindset. You feel good about being part of that community. That's absolutely the case in Pendleton, and that's what drew me to Eastern Oregon. I'm not interested. I grew up in East Multnomah County, and and when I drive past Troutdale coming east, I always get this, And when I'm going the opposite direction back into Troutdale and into in the Portland metro area, it's like you can just almost feel yourself tensing up. I don't want to live that way. Life's too short. This has got an environment where, um, for me, kids, grandkids, vested interest in the community. Um, You know, my my daughter is the manager of the Sage Center down there in Boardman. Um, uh, My other daughter works for the Forest Service has always dreamed of being married to a farmer. She's married to a farmer. You know, the picket fences and the 2.25 kids and yada, yada, yada. And what we discovered, the education aspect around these parts, it's phenomenal. We, we had our kids in, in public uh, private schools in the Salem area, and we actually found that to be true in the public school experience in Athena and the Helix and Stanfield. and You know, there's just that camaraderie. I think that's healthy and it's very important. Um, Anyhow, I'm yeah, yeah. diverting there. Sorry, okay. I apologize. No, that's no problem. Um, well, you've pretty much answered our last question. Is What's the best thing about living in Pendleton? What does what, what, what Pendleton have built for it? Uh, where I live, I love our, our specific geographic location. I live up in Sunridge. Um, I love the fact that I can sit out on my back porch and look towards the blues. And I'm not hearing yeah. honking or beeping or that aspect. Uh, the one thing that I've always admired about Pendleton as an outsider for, you know, it's 26 years is when there's a cause or a need for a cause, this community rallies like no other. Uh, I remember very specifically uh, Stacy Johnson worked for me for a period of time. And when Walt Johnson got sick, And uh, the way this community rallied for that support was breathtaking. And, um, you know, the other part of that is I'm not convinced that that's exclusive to Walt Johnson because he was the football coach at the time. I I think that's exclusive to Pendleton's mindset, if you will, uh, because it's a very giving, caring community and um it it's it would be difficult i think it's not impossible but i think it would be difficult to go to some other comparable size city or community on on the west side of the state and find that same environment i just don't i just don't think it's attainable i mean i don't think it's realistic to find that and that's part of that not good old boy but that's part of that eastern oregon flavor where um I'll give you a real life example. A dear friend of mine who was the associate pastor at a church in Salem was taking a church, was being assigned to a church in Meridian, Idaho, and was moving his family over in a suburban and a horse trailer. And he was not a really great planner, unfortunately. And he blew a tire on his horse trailer And um, about two miles west of here. And called up knew I lived here and called up and said, Hey, uh, blah, 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 I only have the one spare and it doesn't look real good. This was on a uh, Saturday afternoon late. And so I called a gentleman that worked at Les Schwab's, who was a friend of mine. And between where he changed his horse trailer tire... And getting into Pendleton, he blew a tire on a Suburban. And another phone call. I'm panicked. I got people waiting for me in Meridian to unload this stuff, blah, 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 blah. He hobbled in to Les Schwab. This man went to Les Schwab from a phone call from, he knew me, obviously, and and made it so, fixed the tires. Where do you find stuff like that? Now, yeah, that's part of Les Schwab's mindset, but that's, I'm talking about this individual specifically. That, that's the type of community involvement and spirit uh, that I think is key for the quality of life that we have here in Pendleton. Um, you just don't find that everywhere. So that part I'm very proud of to be a part of.